Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2022-23 season. For this one, the NBA Finals Game 3 between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets in Miami. But we are not in Miami. We are live from Los Angeles, as always. Super Chats turned on. If you want to drop a dollar a dime, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Dime Dropper Pod, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel for all things NBA, LA Sports, and NBA history. Thank you for being here for the YouTube people, for the Twitter people. I see, what, six people on Twitter? So I'm going to do you a little favor. You guys got to come to YouTube. There's a link underneath the tweet that you're on. Please click on it right about now because I am going to delete the video on Twitter because I'm trying to get people to come to the YouTube, man. That's where I make my money. So here we go. Bye-bye, Twitter. Get into the YouTube. All right, let's get right into it. The Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, right now to me the pressure was on the Denver Nuggets because I really think they're the better team. I said Nuggets in six before the series. They have the best player. They've been better throughout the regular season. They have more size. I just think they have a better supporting cast. I wouldn't say a better number two because Bam Adebayo is better throughout the course of a season and his defensive impact is unbelievable. But you get the point. The Nuggets are the better team to me just looking at it on paper and the way that they've played to this point of the season. I was looking at this game from a Nuggets fan's perspective. So I was really tapped, you know, looking closely at the way they were going, being attacked defensively and what they were doing offensively. And one thing that I saw right away from Miami is that they were trying to get Jamal Murray in the action a lot on defense, especially switched on to Jimmy Butler. And the Nuggets were switching one through four. Jokic was in that drop coverage that we've seen him in throughout the final so far. Not much change in the pick and roll stuff from the Nuggets at all. One through four switch, Jokic drops, sometimes in that high drop versus Lowry, but for the most part, he's dropping and conceding the mid-range of these Heat players. But... Jamal Murray was getting attacked a little bit, and Jimmy got off to a pretty good start. But Jamal Murray also got off to a good start offensively. Again, he and Jokic in that pick and roll and off dribble handoff, so tricky, so hard to guard. You want to stay attached to Jokic, but then Murray gets in the middle of the floor, can hit the mid-range going both ways, has the floater, has the three, and he doesn't neglect any part of the floor, which I always say. And that makes him so hard to stop in that pick and roll. And then not only just the pick and roll, the pick and pop mainly where Jokic gets the ball at the three-point line where he's shooting so well from in these playoffs. And when they close out hard, he goes downhill and now he can make a decision where they can go up. You're going to have to stop a seven-footer going downhill. And he's the best passer in the game. So it's so hard to guard those actions. So hard. Jimmy Butler with eight points in the first quarter for Miami. Jamal Murray with eight points in the first quarter. Jokic, it wasn't just on pick and pop, though, and pick and roll. He was also getting the ball 
in the post and being aggressive, even had a left-handed jump hook at one point in the game that I was happy to see, and just being assertive in scoring mode. But yeah, the main takeaway for me in that first quarter was that the Heat were really trying to go at Jamal Murray, and as the quarter went on, it seemed like he got a little bit more comfortable. Also, a random cameo for Reggie Jackson in that first quarter. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. Say it with me. One more time. (laughs) The guy. Reggie, just good to see him touch an NBA Finals court. I think that was his first time doing so. So, very happy for him. But 24-24 to after one. Again, didn't feel it. Any type of way, if I were a Nuggets fan, I thought they were right there. And the second quarter, they started to build a little bit of a separation, but not too much. The first half was very neck and neck. 29-24 to in favor of the Denver Nuggets in the second quarter. And I'll tell you some players for the Heat, two of the only players that really gave them something outside of Jimmy and Bam, Kyle Lowry and Caleb Martin. In that uh, second quarter, Caleb Martin hit two three balls. Got to the basket, had eight points in the quarter, and Kyle Lowry with some solid minutes on defense, active hands like he's had all postseason long. And there was one shot he hit a little turnaround from the foul line that he's we've seen him hit throughout the years. So a nice little nice bit of help there for the Miami Heat from their bench. But it was an 8-0 run by Denver. By the way, great crowd tonight in Miami, I want to say. But an 8-0 run by Denver when the Heat were up 37-33. And it started with Jamal Murray threes. And something I have to say about Jamal Murray, he is unbelievable at hitting these massive shots to stop momentum on the road. Or even at home. Like every single time it feels like a team is about to pull away. Or maybe... um, yeah, the other team is about to pull away or make a big run. He hits the shot that ends that run or silences the crowd. And those momentum, like when we talk about clutch, right? Everybody always puts out these bullshit stats like this field goal percentage in the last two minutes. This, you know, in the fourth quarter. Those shots, even if they're throughout a game, those are clutch because they're tough shots with momentum, with pressure. And those are the kind of shots you just don't see in the stat sheet. When I say two points is not worth two points or three points is not worth three points, different shots carry different weight in terms of how they shift momentum in a game. Um, And by the way, this is live, live from Los Angeles. Smiles for cupcakes. Thanks for asking, but we are live. 10.50 p.m. here uh, local time in L.A. But 8-0 run by Denver, led by Jamal Murray in that pick and roll Jokic, as I said earlier, remained in drop coverage against Jimmy and Lowry in that mid-range. It was there for Jimmy. Made some, missed some, but I will say in the second quarter, or should I say in the first half, he was aggressive. And you like to see that. And overall, let me see how many shots he took overall. By the way, my computer's getting, I'm getting it sent out to my man over that's a subscriber to Locked On Clippers. Said he would refurbish it for free. So shout out to them, man. I will give them the... Shout out to their actual names once they bring it back. And hopefully it's good. And my computer's not a fucking furnace every single episode. But let's see how many shots Jimmy took. 24 shots. He took less in the second half, but he was aggressive. You like that. Your number one player taking 24 shots. I'm cool with that. By the way, I don't want to act like the Denver Nuggets supporting cast was doing a bunch of great things in the first half. There was not, I mean, they were defending well. I'm going to say that. 
But offensively, it was all Murray and Jokic in that pick and roll, dribble handoffs. And, man, everything starts from Jokic. Getting the ball in the middle of the floor, all the actions being run through him. But 40 of the 45, first 45 Nuggets points, 40 of them were either scored or assisted by Murray and Jokic. That was on the uh, screen with 249 left in the first half. So that tells you how much they were running through them and how hard it is to stop. I've been saying it's the best pick-and-pop, pick-and-roll tandem in the league. It's so hard to guard, and I've listed why it's so hard to guard so many times on this show. So uh, I think you guys get the point at this point. The Nuggets' other starters besides Murray and Jokic only had six points at the half. And I do want to say, just looking at this from a neutral perspective, Miami got a shitty whistle tonight, especially in the first half. A really bad whistle. Gabe Vincent was not really able to get any rhythm in this game. He had a third foul with a couple of minutes left in the first half, right when he came back into the game. And it was a pretty soft call compared to some other things they were letting go. Just kind of him running in to I forget who it was. But it was a rough whistle. Um, as far as the centers, Jokic and Bam both had double-doubles by halftime. They were both doing a really good job on the glass. Bam was, again, being aggressive, taking that shot in the in-between game because with Jokic in drop coverage, you do concede that in-between shot. And that, just like Anthony Davis, when it comes to Bam out of bio, he's inconsistent on. And finally tonight, we saw him not really hit that shot. His first two games in the series, he was pretty phenomenal in terms of that in-between game, being aggressive, taking that shot, that push shot, that mid-range with assertiveness, with confidence. But tonight, he took it still. I think he was a little more hesitant as the game went on where Jokic should be sagging off feet away when he had the ball at 18 feet looking for dribble handoffs. But there were times where he could just go downhill. Um, let's see how many shots Bam took. 21. So he was aggressive. I mean, he was aggressive. He got over 20 points, which again, I said that's his mark. He has to average over 20. He has done that so far, but it wasn't efficient the way he shot tonight. I'll get into that more later. But Joker had 14, 12, and 7 at the half. 14 points, 12 rebounds, 7 dimes. Bam, 13 and 10. And at the end of the first half, you start to see something that would be a change going forward for Miami defensively. They started blitzing Murray on the pick and rolls with Bam. And that allowed the Nuggets to get into four-on-three situations. But a lot of times, I will say the Heat did a good job of trying to take Jokic away on that next pass. Because when you get Jokic the ball there in a four-on-three, you're fucking cooked. But at times, he was able to find... This is Jamal Murray I'm talking about. He was able to find other guys on the wings. Guys like Jeff Green. Guys like Christian Brown. Guys like Bruce Brown. Guys like Aaron Gordon. And... It started to show more in the second half. But Butler, solid first half. The Heat only down five at the half. If I'm the Nuggets, and now again, I repeat it for the, the third time, I was watching this game from a Nuggets fan's perspective because I thought that they it would be more embarrassing if they went down 2-1. I shouldn't even use the word embarrassing because both these teams are great. So not embarrassing, but I should say I would be more surprised if the Nuggets went down 2-1. They haven't trailed in any series thus far in these playoffs. And... In the third quarter, you start to see their quality show. They're just the better team to me. Like, not even to disrespect Miami, but it's just such great pieces around each other. You've got the best player in the world to me, the Joker. You've got Jamal Murray, 
who has been playing at an all-star, damn near superstar level in these playoffs. And then you have a perfect 3 and D slasher guy, KCP, who moves without the ball. He was a little quiet again tonight. But then to go along with those three, you have two guys, 6'9 and 6'10". I mean, in the third quarter, I noticed that the Miami Heat, instead of trying to go at Murray and Jokic so much, they were trying to go at MPJ in the pick and roll. And they got a couple of good possessions in the beginning of it. But after that, you start to see it's pretty hard to attack 6'11 with mobility. And when I say mobility, I just mean a lot of rear view contents contests fighting over screens where MPJ I thought did a pretty solid job and for the record Denver's defense won them this game tonight and Murray and Jokic were tried a lot on defense and they stood up to the task Jamal Murray was playing with such high effort yeah sometimes he's going to get scored on Sometimes he's going to get scored on even when he plays good D. Sometimes you're going to have to send extra help when he's guarding a guy like Jimmy Butler. But overall, I thought Jamal Murray played with so much effort defensively. He was fighting and chasing over screens. He was being physical on the ball. I mean, that's what you want to see. It's not about guys that aren't great at defense. You need to be a willing defender. If you are willing, you put in effort, you can be decent. And that's exactly what you're seeing. And honestly, maybe that's being harsh. You let me know in the comments. Has he been good in your opinion? I think at the very worst, you can say he's been decent. He has helped. He's obviously the guy you want to attack. When you look at that team, it's either Jokic or Murray that you want to attack. And given that they're doing all these things offensively, I mentioned that stat a couple minutes ago of how much they were contributing to the points whether scoring or assisting, and they're being put in the action so much on defense and standing up to the task, it just shows the greatness of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as a duo right now. It really does. And having Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot, who's such a solid finisher and a great lob threat and physical as fuck, I mean, it's a huge, huge advantage. And in the beginning of that third quarter, you started to see Aaron Gordon in that dunker spot feeding off the extra attention that Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic just get. They went up 59-48, which led to a timeout for Miami. And by the way, as for Miami, they weren't switching everybody. Struess was hedging and recovering. He was not switching on to Jamal Murray. Vincent was, though. And I will say, the Nuggets started feeding. And I'm still surprised they haven't busted out zone yet at this point. They keep giving the ball to Nikola Jokic in the middle of the floor. And listen, Bam got a couple of stops, but he can't do much. He's undersized compared to Jokic. Then when he gets anyone else, whether it be Love or Vincent or anyone, Struce Martin, he goes right up over the top. And I don't know if I've ever seen a player get such friendly roles so often. It's not coincidence. He's got the touch of a feather, man. At that size, I mean, I have to say, I don't use these words often, man. I really don't. But it is a pleasure, an honor to watch this guy play the game. It really is. And I've been early on the Jokic train, bandwagon. 2016-17, when he gave us the business. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, this guy will be an all-star soon. My, mark my words. I've been high on him since the beginning. I'm not trying to say I was on him, but he was you know, draft air, all that, but this guy, man, I mean, listen, there's a reason why I don't say he's the best passing big of all time on my show, because I have not seen them all play, he probably is, but I'm not just gonna assume, because I'm fucking 24, so I'm not ignorant to the history of the game, and just gonna take someone's word for it, I don't let anybody make their opinions for me, I don't care how, like, I watch, I have my own lens, I will watch, 
and I will tell you. But from what I've seen so far, yes. I mean, he is incredible. I don't think any center has probably been used, their passing used in this way because back in the day, you wouldn't have your center initiating so much from the top of the key. Even though, I will say, if you watch old Celtics games from the 60s, Bill Russell's initiating a lot from the foul line, but he has less scoring gravity, as they say, you know. But in the dribble handoff on a roll, like, he was really good at that, just watching cutters and all that. And that's one thing about the Denver Nuggets offense. Everyone moves. They have so many back cuts, flare screens happening, double drag, stagger, so much going on. And when you have Jokic as the trigger man and all these shooters around him with all the space, so many passing angles get opened up and he can already see over the defense. It just becomes him carving you apart. It's insane. And it's so fun to watch for me. Not when your team's playing against it, though, I can tell you that. But Jokic in the middle of the floor, those 10-footers, those 12-footers that we say AD and Bam are inconsistent on, he is automatic on. Automatic. Like, it's crazy. You can have two bodies around him. He'll still put it up. He's seven feet tall. I mean, you're fucked. So, I just want to address something, too. When you put two guys on seven-footers when they're deep enough in the paint and they have good enough touch, whether they're strong or they're a finesse big, it's all about the work you do off the ball before you get it. And that's where the Gen Z bots that have never seen good big men in their lives don't get it. That's why you. it's great that you get to watch someone like Jokic who can't jump over a fucking stool, dominate the more athletic, oh, this NBA that these high flyers and this guy can jump from the free throw line on the 12th man, all this bullshit kids say. He kills you with fundamentals and skill. And just IQ. You don't need to be the most athletic guy in the world when uh, to be great at basketball. You definitely need to have some sort of size or athleticism, absolutely. But all the dudes in the NBA have always been an average of 6'5 or above. So I hate... Listen, I'm just going to... I always seem to mention this, and it's not to take away from the modern player. It's because... I need to be the one because everyone shits on the past and lies that needs to speak about how great the players were because eventually all these motherfuckers are sadly going to pass away and no one's going to fucking talk about them and disregard their contributions to the game. The NBA's already stripped 3,000 plus games off YouTube and has put a bunch of games in a fucking vault in New Jersey that none of us can watch. You think that's growing the history of the game and having more respect for the people that paved the way? I had to donate... Uh, money to Gus Williams is, you know, whatever foundation was supporting him because he's not doing well right now. He doesn't even have enough money to pay for his own medical health. He was a champion, a starter on one of the best backcourts in the history of the game. Do you guys even know who Gus Williams is? That's a problem. That's an issue to me. So that's why this summer we're going to get in our history bag. But the point I tried to make about Jokic is he fucking cooks with fundamentals, IQ, and outrageous skill. He destroys. So when people say things like, and I'm not saying my followers or subscribers say, like, Kareem wouldn't be as good, all this stuff, or he wouldn't be great. And, like, the Skyhook would have trouble getting off. Dude, he's 7'2 with, like, a damn near 8-foot wingspan. You can throw two defenders on him, I can promise you. When you get the ball to Kareem 12 feet away on the baseline, and he's turning over that left shoulder for the Skyhook, you are just going to pray he misses. So it's the same with Jokic when he catches the ball. Eight feet away from the basket. You can send that help. It, it's too late at that point. When he catches it there and he gets his... It doesn't matter if you get a contestant. Of course it does. But it sometimes you don't see... He's seven feet tall. He's going to see over it. And they were, he was just cooking in that way. And 
Aaron Gordon also started to get way more aggressive against smaller guys. Deep catches around the basket, outside the restricted area, and they were crashing the offensive boards. I remember in paint points, they had like a 20-plus point advantage. I'll, I'll tell you in a second what it finished out as. But they were dominating on the inside. You could just see the size, just like game one of the Denver Nuggets taking over. And Bam, by the way, was dropping against KCP. One time he got burned. Nuggets went up 18. And... um. What's it called? We're up 18, timeout Miami. And that's when I knew that the Nuggets were going to pull away. And by the way, Jokic, 12 points in the third quarter. Nuggets up 14 after three. And the Heat's offense, I mean, it just cooled down massively. Bam went cold. Jimmy Butler, eh, he was scoring here and there. But nobody else was really coming through points-wise in that second half. And then in the fourth quarter, Christian Brown, what a game for him. He was absolutely everywhere. In the passing lanes on defense, chasing Duncan Robinson relentlessly over screens, rear view contests, getting out in transition and finishing, and the cutting was amazing. There was even one play, he got a steal in the passing lane, interception, and threw it down with authority. Then on the next play, he went into the chest of Jimmy Butler and like actually moved him backwards and scored. That was shocking. That kid, I've said it many times throughout these playoffs on all my Denver recaps, that kid has crazy confidence. Like, he's a player. He really is a player, and he guards, and that's what matters. And the Heat started missing everything early in the fourth. Jokic's drop coverage defense, not too bad. Murray's defense second half, much better, as I said. Jokic was strong, would contest. And I'll tell you this, the rear view contest and the point of attack defense from Denver, the Bruce Browns, the KCPs, the Aaron Gordons, even Jamal Murray later in that game, they do such a good job of not making Jokic have to step up where he has to guard two guys at once. The only reason why Jokic does not get abused is because he doesn't have to play two at once. It's not like AD or Bam who can, or Jaron Jackson or even a Gobert, Escar Gobert, who can make up the ground at showing and recovering on two guys. There are sometimes a right around the basket where Jokic can do a decent job of that because he has active hands and he you know stays strong with his body. That's one thing he does well. He really knows how to get the most out of his size. But they don't put – he doesn't have – that the defenders, or I'm sorry, the offensive players don't have that much space of playing against Denver right now because the Bruce Browns, the KCP, the Jamal Murrays, the, even the Aaron Gordons and the MPJs, they are recovering really well in those rear view contests so Jokic can stay further down and still play with the deep with the offense in front of him. You know what I'm saying? Where he's not retreating or anything like that. So that's one thing. The point of attack defense has been really good for Denver, and Christian Brown is absolutely part of that. Uh, Vincent, I thought, when he was in, played good defense when he was in. But he wasn't in enough. He was taken out of rhythm by the foul trouble. And by the way, Miami made a little run, 7-0 run. But again, guess who silenced the crowd? Jamal Murray. And that would be that. The Denver Nuggets ran away with it in a commanding victory, kind of like game one, 109-94. to They led by as many as 21 points. The Heat only led by as many as five. The Heat only shot 37% from the field, and they got 12 more shot attempts. The Nuggets shot 51%. So Nuggets shot well, Heat shot poorly. Is that related to the defense as well? Absolutely. The Nuggets offense is just that much better and that much harder to guard for the variety of reasons that I've listed throughout the episode. Having the best player, shooters around him, size around him, and a very creative offense.
Nuggets only shot 18 threes and only made five. So they only shot 28% from three. So again, expect them to shoot better. He, they, they still haven't had a game in this series, I don't think, where they've shot over 40% from three. And you've got to think that that's something that the Heat are trying to take away. And by the way, I'm so happy I remembered. The Heat actually did go zone late in the third quarter and fourth quarter. And honestly, they made a little bit of a run at it. The one thing I'll say for the Heat, I'm surprised they didn't go zone more. But my guess is they wanted to spring it on them in the fourth quarter just like they did in game two. And they wanted to stick to that formula. But they're going to have to use it more because I think it at least makes them get tougher looks. Murray, It takes away the Murray-Jokic pick and roll. And that's so hard to guard. The Heat shot... 11 for 35 from three. So they got 17 more threes up. And the math, yeah, they got six more threes, but it didn't math. 31.4% from deep for Miami. They got a lot of good looks they didn't make. Free throws. The Nuggets got eight more of them. It honestly felt like more with the way the game was being called. Miami shot 15 for 19 from the line, 79%. Nuggets shot 22 for 27 from the line, 81.5%. But this this statistic is going to kill you. 58 rebounds for the Nuggets, 33 for the Heat. What does my man Pat Riley love to say? No rebounds, no rings. 25 more rebounds? That's insane. And the Heat still shot 12 more shots. That's crazy. Wow. Four, oh, here's the here's why. Denver, 14 turnovers. Miami, only four. So they took care of the ball so much better. Got the 12 more shots up. And still lost by 15 points in a blowout. As for the points in the paint, 60 for Denver, 34 for Miami. Helps when your best player is 7 feet tall. But it also helps when Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are so hard to guard in the pick and roll because Jamal Murray's in-between game makes you have to make really tough decisions. And of course, Jokic's ability on the roll and his passing and the cutting of Denver. But let's get into the lines for the Miami Heat. No Haywood Highsmith tonight till garbage time. That's surprising to me. I think they should play him more. Duncan Robinson, 14 minutes, 9 points, 3 for 6 from the field. All those shots were threes. I'm not going to lie to you. Duncan Robinson felt pretty quiet to me. Kyle Lowry, thought he played pretty well. He's had a pretty good series so far. 9 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists on 4 for 8 shooting. 1 for 4 from 3, though, in 30 minutes of play. Cody Zeller, six minutes, a donut, didn't even get a shot off. He was actually a plus four, but I thought he didn't really do anything. Didn't play in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. And then Cody Martin, I'm sorry, Caleb Martin, 10 points, three rebounds, three assists. So I thought he was decent, but the fact that in the first half he was playing so well and then he kind of disappeared in the second, they're going to need a little bit more from these other guys. Max Struess, he had a stinker. He had a bounce back in game two, but game one and three have been a stinker for him. Three points, four rebounds, five assists. His assist numbers have been pretty good. And on those dribble handoffs, he's made some good reads. But one for seven from the field, one for four from three. Gabe Vincent, he was taken out of rhythm with his fouls. Seven points on two for ten shooting. One for six from deep. Rough night for him shooting the ball. Kevin Love only played 16 minutes, six points, two rebounds, two for five from the field. All those shots were threes. So... Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler scored 50 points. The rest of the team scored 44 points. And Gabe Vincent and Max Struess shot a combined 3 for 17. That is pretty rough. You need more from the other guys. But let's look at Bam and Jimmy, right? 
Bam, 22 points, 17 rebounds. Played really good defense too. Three assists, one block, but he didn't shoot well enough and he got a lot of good looks. Seven for 21 from the field. 33%. And look, if Bam is going to shoot... And 8 for 10 from the line, so you'll take that. But if Bam is going to shoot poorly and miss those easy shots, he's still got enough points to me, but you're going to need contributions from other guys. You're going to need Gabe Vincent to make shots or Max Drews to make shots. Caleb Martin to score more points in two halves. Because Bam is... I mean, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden just play great in every single game. I think he still played decently in this one. But 7 for 21 is just rough. You, you don't really have much room for error against teams like this. Jimmy Butler, I thought he played pretty well. 28 points, 11 for 24 from the field, 1 for 4 from 3, 5 for 6 from the foul line. Uh, I, yeah, 4 assists, I already said. I mean, 11 for 24, a little under 50%. It's not bad. I'm, I'm taking the 28 points. I think he needs to average 30-plus, but two more points wouldn't have made a difference. The problem is Jimmy Butler is no longer the best player in the series, and he's performed like the best player in the series in all three of them so far. He's not in this one, and that makes a big difference. It really does, when, especially when the Nuggets have the better supporting cast. So if you're the Heat, I'd say you need to go zone more. I would play Highsmith more. Maybe, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you need, you, like my uh, cousin said in the last episode, you may need Tyler Hero because he can punish Jokic and drop coverage potentially. But again, the point of attack defense from Denver looks really good. And now it's a must win for Miami. So I am going to be looking at that game more from a Heat's fan perspective. But um, you're going to need a better shooting night from Bam as well. Defense, I don't really know what to say. As, as I said, zone more because, like, what can you do about Jokic? Like, you can't. Anyway, speaking of those guys, Jeff Green, 17 minutes, four points, two for two from the field, did his job. He was a minus one, though. Reggie Jackson, Jackson, one minute, shot at the end of the quarter, missed. Bruce Brown, five points, two rebounds, but a couple of steals, I remember. Three blocks, there you go. Active defensively. Even though he was one for five, he was still active. And that's why you need guys like Bruce Brown. Guys that even when their shot's not falling, they're still going to find ways to contribute. Chris Chin Brown, what a game from him. 15 points, four rebounds. How about uh, an assist and a steal to go along with that? 15 points on seven for eight shooting in 19 minutes. Talk about making the most of those. Amazing performance by him. Both ends of the floor, great cutting, great finishing, great physicality, confident player. And as for the starters who played 21 minutes or more, all five of them, MPJ only 21 minutes. And again, he really hasn't gotten going. And his defense has not been that great so far in this series, I've noticed. He can't let his missed shots affect him defensively. And he tried to get more shots inside the arc tonight. Five two-point attempts, two threes. 2.7 rebounds, though, on 1-for-7 shooting and 0-for-2 from deep and no free throw attempts. I remember him shooting a mid-range. It was a decent look. Missed. MPJ, I feel like he's due for a big game. But he needs to keep himself in the game by being engaged defensively even when he's not hitting those shots. And he's got to find ways to get easier shots than just threes all the time. But I have a feeling he'll still get good looks playing with Jokic and Murray and he'll get some shots to fall. Aaron, actually KCP. By the way, thank you for the Super Chat, June 28th, July. I appreciate every single penny. It says, thanks for the recap. Thank you for joining. 
But KCP, another game a little slow for him. Six points, three rebounds, one for four from the field, and 0 for three from deep in 28 minutes. But I thought defensively, when called upon, he was still good. And then Aaron Gordon, really solid game from him. He's had a great series and just a great playoffs. A double-double to go along with five assists for Gordon. 11, 10, and 5 on 50% shooting. 5 for 10. I mean, he continues to be phenomenal. They obviously try to get him switched off of Jimmy Butler as much as they can, Miami. But him in the dunker spot, his size, taking advantage of mismatches. Because, again, when Love's not in the game, Miami has to go with either Jimmy or Caleb Martin as their second biggest guy. And they can't mess with Aaron Gordon from a strength perspective. And AG has done a really good job of taking advantage of that. And then the Stars. You know, I mentioned Miami getting most of their points from their duo. It's the same for the Nuggets. 66 points for them combined. Only 43 for the rest of the team. Jamal Murray, a triple-double. Oh my, what the fuck? Both of them got triple-doubles? I didn't even know this until I just checked it right now. Oh my god. That's insane. 34, 10, and 10. I mean, Jamal Murray was making some good passes, but it didn't feel like he had a 10 assists. 34, 10, and 10. 12 for 22 from the field. 3 for 6 from deep. 7 for 8 from the line. For Jokic, the first player to have a 30, 20, 10 assist game in the playoffs. 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, and 2 blocks on 12 for 21 shooting, only two three-point attempts. He made one of them. Seven for eight from the line. Are you kidding me with these guys? Are you kidding me? I don't know what else there is to say. Consistency is the most impressive part. Every single game they're doing it. Even Jamal Murray, and that's one of his biggest, you know, people's biggest criticism of him is that he's inconsistent. But in these pl- playoffs, he's been very consistent. Even when his three ball's not falling, he gets in the in-between game. He gets to his to the elbow. He has spots. And Jokic in the middle of the floor, I mean, he, there's so many things you can run through him with him in the middle of the floor. He can isolate there. He can hit guys on back cuts. He can get into dribble handoffs. I mean, it's ridiculous. The endless possibilities. And the amazing thing is everyone knows to move, so it becomes that much harder to guard. Because you get a sliver of space, he'll find you on those bounce passes or cross-court passes. I mean, what a player. And we're seeing an all-time great playoff run right now. And they're just two games away from their first Highland franchise history. And the way Jamal Murray has played, and the way both of them have stepped up defensively, it is a sight to see. And everything starts from them. Michael Malone doing a great job. Denver up 2-1. Nothing more for me to say. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Let me know what you thought of the recap. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to jump a dollar or a dime. Peace.